Oh, yes. It is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. Today's show is sponsored by Cheshire Impact on a mission to help you maximize your use of marketing automation and CRM. CheshireImpact.com. Bam. Now, today's guest, today's guest, I got to tell you, he is a sales leader, an endurance athlete. He's put over 14 years in sales, <laughs> grinding it out. And you know what? As a sales rep, he was a peak performer. And then he became a sales manager and was still a peak performer, which happens to almost no one. Uh, it's a totally different job. And somehow he's like blown them both away. He is now currently the regional vice president at Salesforce. And this guy is passionate about sales management, about developing sales teams. And he's got the right, man, he's got the secret sauce. So I'm excited to introduce my friend, Garner White. How are you, sir? <laughs> thank you. Quite the, uh, quite the overdone intro. But <laughs> thank you. you deserve it, man. Yeah. Excited to be, uh, excited to be on here today. I know we've known each other for a couple of years now. Uh, you know, first introduced in Atlanta. Uh, that was a while ago, but yeah. uh, excited to be here today. That was, that was certainly, it feels like forever ago and it's really not that far. <laughs> You're right. And you know, you even reminded me, there's more I could have said in our intro, the fact that we've worked yeah. together. I've <laughs> seen you at work. I've seen your teams at work and how, how, you know, the customer feels so served versus, you know, some other experiences from other reps, you know, somehow in some way. So anyways, glad you're here, dude. No, uh, excited. This is a long time listener, first time caller to <laughs> podcast. Right? Uh, so I know we share some of the, the same kind of podcast interests, but this is a pretty cool experience. Yeah, man. Well, ha happy to just get cranking. And, and, you know, we had that theme we were talking about and that, that theme about that roadmap for marketing automation because we work with a lot of people and sometimes they, you know, get an implementation, they go right to just you know, some advanced feature or they just forget all their training or not think about strategy and they just go blast people. And we're like, dude, this is not the way to do it. We realized they didn't have a roadmap. So we created one, right? So each month has been a theme. We talked on G in January about buyer personas. We had Adele Ravella come in here, talk about that. Talked about reporting one month, nurturing, all sorts of good stuff. And now this is the cool month because now we get to talk about sales and marketing alignment. We got all these juicy leads. We got to send them over to sales. We're connecting to CRM, Salesforce, right? And, and then there's a lot of that friction sometimes. So it's all about aligning marketing and sales. And I just want to hand you Thor's hammer. And, <laughs> you know, are there some misconceptions around, you know, business or marketing and sales, just the way people are approaching these things. You just want to smash right off the get go. Yeah, I mean, I guess to get right into it, uh, we at Salesforce and I in my career have, have always kind of thought, like you have a lot of times when people have a project or idea, uh, especially kind of taking that next step into marketing automation, that, that ideas of grandeur are not the way of kind of explaining it, but this idea of almost doing too much. Mm. We here and we in my career have always kind of thought, I, I always want to talk to people or about kind of crawl, walk, run. And that it's okay to think about these type of projects in a phased approach. And we talked about this earlier that it's okay to start with baby steps. Yeah. Uh, everyone in, in kind of software implementations or life really, and I know we're going to talk about that later, is that they always want to get to step 9, 10, or 15. But you have to start at step 2 or 3 
to, in order to get there. And you see this in people in projects, you see this in people in their careers. Totally. It, it, it's the foundation of growing of things to eventually get to that, you know, kind of more complicated or like end result. And, you know, once you do the little things well, you will do the, the, the good things well, but it, it takes kind of that process and that grind and even just restarting like, hey, we're just gonna focus on opens and clicks and just kind of figure out like between sales and marketing, like let's just agree on what's working and what's not working right. and come up with a common theme. And it doesn't have to be, you know, like we're not gonna seriously define MQLs and SQLs and we don't have to have the lead score in a day, but you know, just get on the same page, first of all, set yeah. some basic goals work on those goals for three months, stop, figure out what you've done, what's working, what not, and then go from there. I, I see a lot of the time people come in with you. And if you have ambitious goals, that's great. Trust me, there's no one that wants you to have more ambitious goals than me. Totally. But remember, you got to do the little things to get to the bigger things. And that's in software and that's, that's in life. You always have to have kind of the foundation in order to get to the next thing. That, you know, that makes a lot of sense. I love that, that phrase too, the crawl, walk, run. It's, it should be like a t-shirt, you know? It, 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 it really should. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and it reminds me, I don't know if you, there was that book, um, who is that? Uh, Jim Collins, Great by Choice. That's yes. It. Yeah. And he talked about this thing, the 20 mile march. And, you know, the guys were racing, looks like, uh, you know, Falcon Scott and Munson were racing to Antarctica. And one guy was like, I'm going to do snowmobiles. I've never tested before. And the other guy's like, I'm going to use dog sleds and I'm only going to go 20 miles every day. And I won't go more. I won't go less 20 miles every day in rain or shine, just that. And he was the one that made it. And he beat the other guy by like months, you know, just because he's being consistent like that. It makes sense. And it sounds like this applies beautifully to the idea of, you know, you're crawling, you're walking, you're running. And and start with some simple, simple goals. I also liked you brought up the quarterly tempo. That makes a lot of sense, you know? Set some goals, but then check back in with each other. Yeah, I mean, things aren't gonna change in a day. Great if they do, but they're probably not. Right. Like, you know, if you set, if you agree on a, a lead scoring strategy or, you know, what we determine as like an opportunity to our handoff, let's give it a little time, two weeks, maybe a month, go back to it. Okay, what's working, what's not working? Let's change it. And, you know, I know something that we've talked about, like, it's okay to admit, like, if your strategy today is wrong, or yeah. you know what it is. Yeah, like, it's okay to understand, say, like, we have a hypothesis, and we think we know what we're doing. And this is some of the data behind it. And some of that's because you don't have the tools or the, the business is new, or you branched off and wanted to do different things or graduated to do different things. It's okay to admit that and, and start from the beginning um, and kind of get those metrics. And sometimes I compare it so that it's kind of like a name of that analogy, but it's true, like a, a fourth grade science fair project. Like this yeah. is my hypothesis. This is what I think is going to be my end result. Right. And then you know, showing your work along that and like how you get, it's like something like, you know, my parents taught me that I'm now realizing now, like in my thirties or late, you know, my forties, like, it's not having the answer. It's not knowing X. It's like, how did you get there? Oh, interesting. That's one of the, the more important things. Like the answer really isn't the end game. It's like the work that got you there. Right. Because in most cases, you don't know what the answer is yet. No. And I mean, I think a lot of B2B companies, like, you know, kind of taking it back to that, 
they're just, although there are tons of advanced companies and users, there, there are companies that are just making that jump or new companies from just, you know, basic email to, to wanting to get, you know, more complicated and marketing automation and, you know, basing their business on, on metrics of, you know, how they're working with their sales team. And if you were working poorly in the past, again, that's, that's okay. It's not like a very uncommon thing. Like we see more and more sales and marketing teams working together, which is great, but like, let's admit that we have to learn to work together first. You know, I, I wonder, as you said that, cause I almost wonder like easier said than done. What it's almost like you gotta have like a political environment or maybe non-political. You have to have an environment where you can be okay to just call a spade a spade, you know? You do. It's spot on. I heard uh, Shane Schreg, he's an he's a EVP in Salesforce the other day. He said, as long as you speak with intent, it's okay. And explain this is why you're, you're doing this. And I get it. Like I have a startup background. I've been there. You know, sometimes marketing and sales aren't in the same page and they have different metrics and right. you know, different bosses and different executives have a different idea of what's going on. And you get pulled in two different ways. You see that in the smallest businesses in the world all the way up totally. to the largest enterprises. Totally get it. But just having an open conversation of an intent, this is like why we're doing this and why this is where we're going to focus on this. And again, you can just start small. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to change entirely what sales and marketing are doing today, but let's just set one or two goals and try to get there. Or even if we get there and we fail, let's just realize like why we failed. And that's what's so important today in marketing automation and having those, those metrics and a system that you can go back to and, you know, rewriting back to a database of record. If it's Salesforce, that's great. And that's great for us, but just like, what are our customers doing? What are they looking at? Why are they doing this? Like right. the basic understanding of that from a sales and marketing perspective will be such a step forward rather than you go do what you do. You go do what we do. And like, maybe we'll figure it out. You know, the right. definition of insanity is just doing the same thing over and over again and thinking there's going to be different results because right. yeah, it, it's right. not, you know, it's not going to happen. Like we've always done this traditionally. So we're going to keep doing it. If you're doing it and it works, that's great. Like I understand that, but if it's not working, like it's time to take a step back. You know, that's a good point. Like you, you keep doing it, but you want to grow. So that, those are at odds with each other. It's like, well, we do this and we get like half a, half a point growth. It's not really working, um, but we're going to keep doing it. We're going to do more of it because hopefully that'll, you know, it reminded me there was a company many moons ago, probably back when it was like the old Atlanta days. Uh, yeah. There was a company, East Coast, beautiful weather. And I went in and they had this whole floor filled with, uh, college grads who were like dialing for dollars and they were hitting up, I think it was like education. They were just, you know, known universe, uh, probably an abusive ABM. If you'd call it that they were just blasting professors on these phones, you know, and, and to the earlier thing, it was kind of, I mean, if you could call a half a percent or a percent growth year over year working, it was working. Um, but, and they were actually building a second building of like three story building right next door when I pulled in, they were building a whole new one just to fill, you already know, just to fill it with more of those college grads because they're like, we'll just do more of this because I'm sure those professors just need like three X more phone calls <laughs> to make a difference. And you know what? We brought Pardot in there and it was crazy, but they, they were able to get more done with half the people on that first floor. And the real challenge it created for them was 
what do we do with the second building? You know, <laughs> we're already building it. It's kind of like that oil, like old, like boiler room is, is a big favorite of mine. Like sitting in a classic yeah. sales movie. Is that Sam? Okay. We're just going to keep adding more people and keep adding more people and more hype and more hype. And, you know, just necessarily because you're calling or emailing the phone book, like it, it's not going to work. But you said like something like I totally agree with as well. And we've talked about this in the past is, and we'll talk about this a little bit later is like just understanding like realistic metrics as well. Like oh, sometimes, yeah. sometimes you, you speak to a lot of people on the phone and they have these goals and you know, we're going to grow the business, you know, 30 or 40%. And that's great. Like to have those goals is, is awesome. Especially like in the startups, the Valley where I sure. live from, like, you know, a lot of these startups companies, they have those, or a lot of them, it's a hundred percent year over year, which is great but let's just like be realistic in, in like what we can provide from like a sales perspective is, is, you know, someone that's being honest and transparent, but like, you know, what does it mean to your business if we change it by 10% or 12% or four, like something very more realistic. And that's like when you really start to get like buy-in from people, like you don't have someone touting these, these crazy metrics, like, Oh, we saw a 300% return and great. If you do more power to you. Right. But even just like, what does a, a 10% difference look like to your business or a 15%, you know, like to your business in, in ROI and ROI isn't like, it's not always about in this kind of crazy marketing automation world that we live in. It's not always about dollars. Like if you're building out lists and adding value and growing your database, like there, there is an investment to be had there. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be, it doesn't always have to be dollars. Like if you're growing your database and especially in these longer sales cycles of companies that are yeah. here, years, four years, like that's going to be revenue down the line. And let's not just because we're spending some money, it's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, it's funny because the barn door kind of swung the other way where we're talking all about revenue, but we forget yeah. if you got like a nine month sales cycle and you do something magical today, like you, you did the best thing you had unicorns cold calling for you, whatever it was, yeah. it doesn't even matter. You're not going to know this for an average of nine months from now. Yeah. So you got to be able to measure something else. And to your point, you know, increasing that list size or the amount of engagement or, you know, bumping people's scores up or, you know, getting a lot of, yeah. you know, there's a whole bunch of other things you need to be looking at especially when you're in that B2B side. That's a good point. Yeah, and it's to use, I'm not a Sixers fan by any means or, or Philly fan. Extension <laughs> of like just trusting the process that, you know, that investment you make yeah. now from six to nine months to a year and a half that, you know, that person's going to remember you from an email or a phone call. It's true. Like it does, it, it very much like our whole business is based on that. And it's going to eventually turn into an opportunity and not, let's be honest, not all of those opportunities are going to turn into to close one revenue. But even if you have four and you turn one and that's a hundred thousand, I mean, that's, you know, especially in these bigger deals, like yeah. that moves the needle. See, so you got, you got to make that investment. Yeah. You know, trust the process. And I think it's so, the process is so key, right? And as long as you have a process, if you don't have one, then what are you trusting? Right. Now you might as well be in high school ball at that point. Yeah. But and it's okay. And it's okay not to have a process as well. Like okay. that and be transparent, be like, we, we want to start this process. That is the right step in the right direction. That, cool. that, is that like, makes sense. Yeah, that is the, and it's okay. Like I remember when I was an individual contributor, like a lot of the times you'd work with more enterprise or bigger companies and you'd think they would have a more complex process when it's really almost the opposite. It's like, Hey, we're, we're our own business vision now or we're our own unit yeah 
we just need to get some basic metrics for what we do or a specific product. Like it's okay to admit that it's not, it's not like a bad thing. Like you don't have to be at step nine and 10, like let's just start at step one again. And that's okay. It, it, it blows my mind that you're so open and transparent about these sort of stats. Cause a lot of us came from other companies where sales is like blown up marketing, you know, the marketing's just putting the blame back on sales. Yeah. Oh, you know, shit leads. Okay. Well, sales yeah. never calls them, you know, that, that cycle, but, but it's like the, you're transparent. You're, it's almost like you're not pointing a finger. You're like, let's just test this, this stuff, you know, like, let's yeah. just find out. And I've been, I mean, I've been there because I just yeah. look from my own experience. Like I, I remember, you know, when I was a rep and, and working at enterprise companies or startups and that, pro, you know, marketing comes, oh, we came back from the trade show. Here's a hundred leads, go call. Like, like those persons were just trying to win an iPad, <laughs> whatever, like yeah. I because I was the, you know, I was the person yeah. on the phone, like, just like, why am I calling these 99 people? This is such a waste of time. Like I have been there and done that and lived that life before marketing automation and lead scoring and grading. And there's a million tools out there. Like the right. tool I represent, Pardot's great as well. There's a million tools, but those tools didn't exist and like what that life used to be like and you know why it matters now to make educated phone calls. And this is why I'm calling and calling with a purpose or intent. Like that, that is so much important because especially like in software sales, like we're not, like, let's be honest and transparent. We're not mortgage brokers. We're not in finance. I'm not going to make, when I was a rep, my reps, they don't make 500 calls a day. Like, you know, good rep, 30, 50, you know, they kind of there, but they're educated phone calls. Like yeah. I was talking to younger and newer reps, like take that extra 30 seconds to understand like why you're calling someone mm. like, and maybe have a story. Like we at Salesforce are very localized. Like, you know, I work with these companies in your area that are not just some national brands that we all recognize, but a local business in your area. And it may not be the coolest business in the world, but sure. it's a business that someone recognized. Like I drive by that on the way to work and I've worked with these X amount of people that you know through LinkedIn, like all the tools are there, you know, just piecing together, having a story. It doesn't have to take you 10 minutes to put it together. Just have, you know, a 30 second story of like, this is why I'm doing this you know, this is why I'm making this call. It, it's such, it's such a value add. People will take yeah. those calls rather than it's like just the next person. Yeah. Just, you like robo dialing. Like, yeah, you're a human. Don't come across like you're a robot and, yeah. and that extra intent. And you know, it's interesting marketing. We talk about localization all the time. It's cool to hear that, that, that work obviously is great on the sales side too. And, and you're encouraging, tell me more about that. Like break that down. How, how, how do you approach localization? Do you bring up certain events or what do you, what do you do? Yeah. That? Yeah. I mean, we, we here at Salesforce and things I've, I've done in the past is you always want to know your buyer and buyers are going to be different. Like I'm here in the Valley, but yeah. there's a, there's a different kind of buying style, maybe sure. in Texas versus New York or Boston versus the South. And like, you always want to know your area and things people can relate to. Right. You could like, you could always spew like, we work with, you know, the, the Facebooks and the Googles and that's all great. Like yeah. do people really care about that? No. But if you know, like the local company and you can connect, I know, you know, this person and like tools like LinkedIn, it's just such a better story. And it's going to resonate with that. Person. Like this person took 30 seconds, a minute to understand who I am, but also understands like the world I live in and where I'm at. And it's just so much more of like a personal thing yeah. rather than 
and you know I'm in some crazy office out in some state and you yeah. know calling the next person that got 30 million dollars in funding you know with every other sales rep in the world that's making that same phone call that morning. right like it's it's you know it's like you're never going to get through with that same bland message yeah bland is i mean we don't eat bland we don't we don't date bland, you know, we don't marry all these things, right? Bland is not what you want to be. Um, uh, not too much pepper, but like throw some garlic in that thing. Um, yeah, I just think about better, even a better conversation. Like you want that authentic dialogue. And I just think back and sometimes I do things on accident. Um, and I love chatting with you, know, you and conversations like this because I can learn what the strategy was. And maybe I just was emulating from some of the calls I've heard from you or your team. And you know, I'll talk about if I've been somewhere, you know, like yeah. I recently was in Omaha. I love Omaha. I've only been there once now, but I'm like, I would go back. And there's like nine things I can talk about, about that, about that state. And maybe that, maybe that's, you know, just part of localization, but I don't know. It just makes for a better dialogue with someone. It does. Um, like just understand, understand who you're talking to, understand their background or where they're coming from. And yeah. maybe a little, we talk, I, I talk a little about like when, especially when I do my one-on-ones with reps, like, how does this company make money? Like a question that is so basic and so easy, but yet you'd be surprised like how many people don't really understand. And then so like I can tailor that to my conversation. Right. Like I, I'm very much like even in kind of like, like my management career now and I'm like always trying to be on the phone, trying to stay sharp. Like if, you know, even if you get off the phone for, a, you know, two weeks or a month and you know, it's this business, especially in kind of the SaaS business, which I'm assuming most people that kind of listen to this are like, it is such a month and month over and over business. Totally. If you take a break for two weeks, it's like, I'm not going to forget how to ride the bike by any means, but it's like, eh, I haven't done this in a couple of weeks. Like yeah. you got it. You, you always got to be, you always got to be on your game and it's tough because it's the grind, but it's, you know, it's, it's the difference between good and great. For sure. And it's not, you got to keep your weapon sharp, you know, you got to sharpen that ax. Can't leave it out in the rain. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You gotta, yeah. You got, I mean, you always just got to be, you know, I know it sounds so lame, like a sales person. Like, oh, they're grinding. Like, oh. Yeah, I know. I get it. But it's, it is true. Like if you're, it, it's like people that are like athletes, like people that spend their time on the gym or in the field or that person's a gym rat. Like there's a reason they've built the skills they have today and not everyone's naturally gifted and not everyone's like social and not everyone like sometimes has those skills, but it's like, again, like back to the sports analogy of like trusting the process and putting the work, like that's what gets you to, you know, it's that one better month or over or making them some additional money or president's club, all, all, all that stuff is, is the time you put in before it's, it's never just like one deal or it's, it's the body work. Right. Like, Hey, overnight success. That's not the case with athletics. It's not the case with endurance stuff, which we'll talk about. It's not the case with sales either. Right. I mean, mean, get back on It's not the case of sales and marketing. Like it's not an overnight success. Yeah. I'm it's, it's the time you put in working together and working on your own stuff. And it's, it's, it's a body of work. It's not an overnight email. I mean, there are there are definitely emails that are going to perform better than others, and it's like, wow, you know, that's killing it for us. But you didn't just get there in one day, right? Right. But but it's also a good reminder to people, like it's not that magic template, 
No, it's not. It's, hey, it's start not. with it, but it's that it's that context, it's that intent that you're talking about. That you gotta you gotta know something about them. And I actually I love to hear some of the more these questions because the idea of you know how does this company make money? It's surprising. I didn't realize this. Sorry, I started chatting with some people. Not even you know they'll try to sell someone and not know anything about their business. Yeah, I'm selling X Y Z company and you buy my stuff, and you have no idea who they are. It's like yeah. how do you, how can you? Well, you can try to sell them, but you know, if you're surprised about bad results, it's because they know you have no idea about who they are and you're not providing in that intent, that context, that conversation. You're spot on. And it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to spend hours. Yeah. Right. Someone's, you know, financials or if they're public, (laughs) just, okay, this is what this company does. And and as you build up in your career, you'll get better and better. And everyone knows this, that the business works like this. this, I, I can assume things about a business and, Sometimes I, I tell, especially when I'm talking to executives, directors, like I will assume this about your business. Correct me if I'm wrong. Usually not I like that. Yeah. Not arrogant or cocky, but like usually I'm right, you know, because I've, I've done it before, but you can make those assumptions and especially about their sales cycle and how their sales teams work. And if they have BDRs or SDRs and that process and you and I know this and a lot of people like when they're, they're changing or migrating platforms or taking the next level up, here are the problems you're going to face. And yeah. It also feels like confidence in, in, in the buyer, like, okay, this person understands not only my world, but the, the pain and trouble that I am going to, to go through, but you have to have that stuff dialed or, or you're going to lose them or right. like, or that person is, you know, I don't know about that. Like, and as soon as you get to that point, it's, it's, it's pretty much over. And a lot of that has to do with transparency and, and being honest and, you know, talking kind of again, like with intent, but you know, if you have that story in, in, you know, maybe it's just the same 10 stories that, you know, kind of over and over, that's okay. Sure. Yeah. And you can do a little more research. It's not, you don't have to know every business and every model and every right. return method, you know, it's, you don't. Huh. You know, I, I like the, the assumption, right? Throwing out a couple of assumptions, correct me if I'm wrong. We don't, uh, but and it kind of reminds me a little bit like almost like a challenger sale or something where, sometimes we can, we can do too much discovery, right? Ask too many questions. And they're like, yeah. dude, I just, I just told you a bunch of stuff. And I have to tell someone else a bunch of stuff. Like, how, is this your first time doing this? But coming at them with, you know, I want to learn a little bit more about you, but you know, people in your, you know, either industry or size and shape and feel, and you know, they're usually having problems with this, you know, they're having problems with this and, or you're probably concerned if you're moving over, yeah. you're concerned about downtime, you're concerned about this other thing. And, and they're like, yeah, well, yeah, you know me, you know, you're like, yeah, I know we work with a hundred. We help you a lot of people out like this. So just, it kind of brings a little more to the conversation than just asking all the time, you know, yeah, mitigating risk, understanding the buyer. Yeah. And even if, you, even if you get, you know, two out of three things, it's like, okay to get something wrong. Cause that usually generally opens up like more conversation. Like, Hey, we don't do this, but this, and it's like, Hey, let them talk. Like, stop. Right. Like, hit, hit mute on the phone and let them talk for fifteen minutes because you're yeah. thing that you want. And it's like we don't do this, but we do this. And you know, like, I remember like young reps like, oh, mute. We just let them talk. Like, let them go because that's 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 kind of the got them. You know, reel them in. Right. Got them. Open up. They're engaged. You know. Yeah. yeah, we're good here. It's like they're there's like they're 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 lit up like a Christmas tree or something where they're like, Oh, this person gets me. We're, we're seeing each other. And now I can share this finally with someone who understands the situation I'm in. And they could probably give me some info off of the details I'm going to give them. You know, that, that's really cool to see that happen. 
Yeah, it's kind of like uh, the old NBA jams. He's on fire. Just let him go. He's on fire. Hey, remember that video game? Well, today is also the uh, – we do have to give a big shout-out to my Warriors. Today is our, our championship parade. I, I'm a big Warriors fan. So Stephen, awesome, man. Stephen Clay are going to be out there with the uh, – you know, probably on fire. You know, I don't follow basketball, but I suppose if I was in that area, I would because I'd have every reason to, you know? Like, dang, you guys win all the time. I, I, I do got to admit, I, I am a, a historical or longtime Warriors fan. There's, we do have a bunch of people that jumped on the bandwagon, and that's totally okay. But <laughs> I, I was there during the, you know, coaches getting choked out. Right. Win. <laughs> I grew up on the run team, you know, Chris Mullen and the run team, Mitch Richmond and Tim Hardaway. That was, you know, it was back in the late 80s, early 90s. That, you that go was, back. Yeah, that was yeah. my, you know, up on the wall. See, for me, it was the Patriots. I was there when they lost every game, so I feel, <laughs> I feel great. That's bad. I forgot your Edelman yeah. and uh, Edelman and Brady grew up in my neighborhood that I live in now, so they're quite the uh, heroes in, in my neighborhood. Yeah, well, California, right, is where they're from. Yeah, just in the peninsula. Edelman lives uh, – Brady went to Sarah, which is like probably 10 minutes north of where I live, and then Edelman huh. 15 minutes south, literally the same neighborhood that – I live in now with my wife. You guys didn't hang out and get noodles? No, I didn't. Well, I grew up in, yeah, I grew up a little. I didn't grow up there now. Oh, but, okay, yeah. <laughs> Jules, as I, I think they call him. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, I heard he's good people. Yeah, I, I imagine so. They keep winning. <laughs> Most of the time, except for this recent Super Bowl, but I'm still in recovery for that one. Oh, we, we got Garoppolo now, so we will uh, We'll see what happens this year. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens to that. So, oh, you, know, you had a thing at, um, we were chatting earlier. We were talking a little bit about the Jets. Oh, no, no, Yankees, I think. Was, Yankees, right? Yankees, Mets, Yankees, Mets. Yeah, tell me about that because it was a really cool metaphor. Yeah, so it's, it's a big thing on my team. I've heard it from um, a lot of people in kind of spec ops or, or like military background. Uh, I was involved with a bunch of events called Go Rock. We'll talk about this later, like endurance events where there's kind of like a famous speech. And I use it a lot on my sales teams and other people at Salesforce use it where working in software sales or Salesforce or kind of the company you're at, it's almost like being a professional baseball player and probably a, sp uh, a professional baseball player in New York. And I am not a fan of any New York sports. I love the not town. Me neither. Not, not me either. What but New York? <laughs> what, what happens a lot of the time in, in sales specifically is that what it really is, is like being, say you're a professional baseball player. It's really like playing for the Mets in New York. It's not, it's not playing for the Yankees. Mm. And most of the days or nine out of 10 of the days in sales are Mets days. And it's, it's putting in the work and you're getting kicked in the teeth. And it's like, you play a professional baseball, but you're not the pinstripes. You're not like the it team of the town. And every now and then, especially as you go up more and more in your career is a Yankees day. And those are the days like that is like when the, the month comes together or a big deal or, or you get a promotion or, or something happens and it happens less frequently, the more and more you go up, you know, sometimes for me in my career towards the end, before I got into management, it would happen maybe once a year or once every two years. Um, but again, like I, I trust the process and yeah. those are these days. And, but most of the time it, it's, it, it's, it's mostly Mets baseball and Mets baseball isn't that good. Um, no offense. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's that it's, it's putting in time is a Mets player. And there's all these, I get it. They're like lame analogies, like getting kicked off a horse or, 
or this and this, but you see a lot in people's careers as well as they may be, you know, a year or two in, into sales and, you know, they've, you know, they've had some success, but the first time they, they get kicked off the horse or, you know, we talk a lot about peaks and valleys as well, they, they go into a deep valley that they can't get out of it. And it's part of this process, especially in SaaS, especially in, you know, B2B month over month, which pretty much every company is now. Yeah. I don't know of a company out there or a sales manager out there that I know or a leader that doesn't look at the business month over month. You know, when they haven't had, or they've always had success and they get in a lump or they can't get out of it, that that is a true kind of character building moment. And there are a lot of people sure. that like, I'm done. I, I, I want to do, go do something else. And that's okay. Sometimes it takes a year or two in sales to understand this is, this isn't the life for me. And, and that's okay. That's, that's totally fine. But it's, it's really the people that you build a business around that have had, haven't always had success because they're eventually going to get to a point where things aren't good or, 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 you know, we're down in a valley now. And, you know, can I get, can I get out of that or can I kind of dig deep and, know that it's going to get brighter and it's not going to get brighter tomorrow, but it's going to get brighter down the line. Um, you know, a lot of the times, like when people like their first role, like, I, you know, I haven't, I've only been in management now for like two years, but when you get promoted or you go to take over a team, it's like that team, the reason you're probably getting that team is that team may or may not have been performing. Right. You know, this is going to be the first time in your life where you're not on the best team or you're not right. owning that. And again, I'm kind of going on here. It's, you know, it's hard. It's, it's, you know, those are moments where you got to dig. You know, it kind of reminds you like the mighty ducks, right? Yeah. Hey, superstar <laughs> hockey coach. We're not going to put you on the team that's doing really well. Like what's the sense in that? Well, maybe we could, but, uh, but yeah, put you on the mighty ducks or put you on the Mets or something. And, um, and you know, and I, I was at a, a baseball game this weekend with my, with my kids and my brother and his kids. And, and you're right. They're minor league. And we're just thinking, Hey, you know, like some guy hit a home run, other people, they're working really hard, you know, and, and that's what you got to do. I mean, you gotta, you gotta put in the time, put in the effort. Um, but you know, you met, it's funny. Cliches are usually true, you know, and it took it a couple a reason years. it's a cliche. Yeah. Like, right. There's like a reason, you know, um, there's some sort of story or cultural thing that's like, maybe it's like how like hunter gatherers told things in the past was like, Hey, pyramids, great, great shadows, you know? Oh yeah, totally. You know? Oh, it's so cliche, but they sort of indicate something. And you know, you brought up courage, especially when the, the month is low or, you know, everything was golden. And then you're like, you got a new territory or something happened. And I, I looked up, there was this quote, I was John Wayne, right? Courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyways, or, or doing it anyways, you know, yeah. courage isn't fun, you know, like people are like, Oh, courageous. But like courageous means like, man, I don't know if this is going to work, but I'm not, I'm going to give give it my all anyways. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's okay. And it's okay to be scared or nervous. Like, yeah. I, you know, to, to every person that tries to act like they're the toughest leader. Like I try to be honest and transparent where I've been the opposite, like where I've been, like I remember working in sales during the recession because I've been in it for so long or like, right startup that's not doing well and you have kind of those moments especially when you're by yourself or in the car or like going for a long run where it's like that is like very mentally tough like am is this the life for me do i want to do something else can i get through this like i have been in those down moments before and you know you have to trust the process but also like 
can I work to get through it and work with my own self to, to get through and change what I need to? Because it's not always going to be, you know, it's a lot of times when people are newer or younger in sales, they've, they've only seen a good economy or they, they've worked for a company. Oh, that's sure. well. Like wait till you work for the vendor. That's the number three vendor, or, <laughs> you know, or the yeah. kind of markets like you have to have those moments. And I, I've been there and I know what that's like and it's, it's hard, but it's like remembering those moments too. And, and, you know, those Mets moments, you know, to be able to have the kind of those Yankees days. Right. Right. Put in the time as a Met yeah. so you can really shine when you're a Yankee. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I was going to take you back actually. One of the things you were asking someone, you know, on the team or whatnot, you know, how does this company make money? What other kind of things do you ask? Cause I, I this feels like that you're, you're getting at, you know, you're kind of like, gently prodding people by asking them questions to get more relevant or to to see if they understand the context of what's going on what kind of questions do you ask or, or what kind of things are you are you sort of like encouraging your team to like look into when you're when they're you know in the sales process yeah so i i mean when i talk to prospects especially you know i i still you know i, I may be a manager but i always think of myself still as like an individual contributor because I, I still have a number at the end of the day and that's my yeah. number and i own it you know it's yep. it's change and um like when i talk to people especially like the first time i'm jumping on the phone or if it's a conversation and it's more like a business development conversation not trying to get a deal done conversation man, is just like tell me how you're doing things today yeah like, what's working what's not working and i think something we talked about earlier is like where would you like to be in six months and right. it doesn't like don't it doesn't have to be like a desired state because the desired state may be two or three years down the line just like, what are some quick wins and goals that we can help you with? Because a lot of the times in sales, I think, again, going back to this like kind of month over month and owning a month over month number, when you get into people pitching like the bigger ideas and, and the bigger deals, and I've worked in the enterprise for years, I get it. But there's also a point where it's like, hey, I need to take as a sales rep, I need to take something as well as the customer, like I need to take something off the table or, or we need to do like step one. So I'm always thinking about like, hey, desired state is cool. That's great. And that may be three years down the line. And hey, Salesforce of any company is the company to work for that. But right. what is what is what is a quicker win or what is kind of like a phase one look like? And then mapping a solution around that. Like let's let's first get in the you know 30k or 40k or 60k, like whatever it is, whatever you're kind of and then and then phase two, we can go chase that you know, once we get them comfortable and excited. Yeah go chase that half million dollar deal. Let's go chase that seven figure deal. Like I've worked right. on that in part of those as well, but there's something to be said for, for quick wins and getting business in the door. Um, you know, especially if you can work on those, like as a rep, like I was always thinking, you know, how, like what can I work on? So I have so many things going that like, I know I'm going to hit my number and, and I know this is easier said than done, but like no matter what, like even if I close like four deals out of the eight I'm working, like I'm going to be good. Right. Yeah. I'm good for that month anyway. <laughs> you know, it, and that kind of reminds me too, that sales doesn't have to be that like used cars, just pushy push thing. Doesn't. You talk about planning. A lot of people, I'll even say most people aren't planning as much as they should. Mm -hmm. And this, you know, and if you're helping shepherd them, cause I heard you like, what, what would you like? Okay, long term, great. Now, what would you like short term? What will be some awesome wins? And people, I, I'd be curious. You know, how many times you ask people that question? They're like, you know, that's a, that's a great question. You know, you're kind of like giving them permission to dream about what could be happening. You know, a quarter from now, 
And I mean, that's, that's super helpful. You know, yeah, the short term wins, in my opinion, are always better than not always better, but it just a better win than kind of that long term. And then you may never get, you know, that you right. may get as, as a salesperson, but it's also setting appropriate expectations with, you know, the person you're selling to, like we talked about this yesterday, yeah. like all the time salespeople and newer, younger people, they think like the deal ends when like someone signs like a PO or I got the DocuSign, cool, yeah. I don't have to work with them again. No, like that's just the start. <laughs> that is just the start of the yeah. relationship. And there is probably, you know, once you learn and, and gain their trust of selling them product or service, A, B, and C, like D, E, and F is A, going to be such a quicker cycle and probably a bigger deal for you. Right. But you got you to earn that. You got to earn that trust first and, and kind of go get that bigger deal. You know, and that kind of ties into a little bit of what we were chatting about, the idea that, I mean, you, you made the statement the other day to me that it, 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 it really wasn't about the GPA. It wasn't about, um, you know, a lot of these more you know, earthly tangibles that it had been how you treat people. I wonder if you could like break that down because you mentioned not just dropping people at the end of a deal. I mean, that seems kind of standard. People would just, Hey, thanks for signing. Peace. I'll yeah. never talk to you again. But yeah, there's a lot of later. Like, yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think a lot of it, and I think a lot in, in my life has never come from, and not that I think like I'm successful because there's still a lot to go, but it, it's a, a lot of what I've ever accomplished in my life is because of like relationships I've had with people. Yeah. Or like it's, or when I've helped promote people or seen people get promoted or been kind of like a part of that, it's never about like one deal. Like the right. deal may be the icing on the cake, which is great. And you see this, especially like in SaaS and in software sales at the end of the year, excuse me, at the end of the year, like, you know, they just blow out their Q4 number and it's, you know, that person's ready to get promoted or take the next step or whatever the next thing is. Sure. It's not like because they close deal X, Y, and Z, that's the next thing. It's always like a body of work and right. it's always like, you know, and I, I didn't learn this till I was much older, you know, how you are perceived and is that person looked at as trustworthy or someone that, you know, I, I would like to represent or I can trust. And a lot of that, the body of work takes a, a lot of time. It, it's never going to be just like, oh, cause they closed this one huge deal. Like they're ready for the next thing. No, it's never about that. Like I, you know, I've been in conversations with, you know, management and, and promoting people. And it's like, we're not talking about like a deal. We're always talking about their body of work. Yeah. And, like, they are, and, you know, sometimes it's like the littlest things. It's like respect or sh looking people in the eye or shaking their hands. Like right. a, lot, a lot of that stuff goes like a really, really long way. And, you know, and, and it's a small world, right? So your body of work, it builds up and you get a reputation, whether East Coast, West Coast, you know, wherever you're at. You know, that universe is small. We were just chatting earlier about the different people in sales that we know, we work with, and it's like, yeah, and this is what happens. And especially if you're at a, you know, a big company with great salespeople, yeah. they're going to different places and, 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 your, and your body of work speaks for you more than that deal. Because yeah, they, it's, yeah, it's like you, people say it about the, the Valley here or the Bay Area, but I mean, now that I'm getting kind of a little older and maybe a little higher in my career, like it, it's really like at a national level and it yeah. helped, like software is such a big thing or sales is such a big thing. It is very small and all kind of the, these people know these people right. or especially with things like LinkedIn, these kind of like second degree of connections yeah. and you need to 
you know, find out, you know, things, not like that's, I don't mean it's like in a bad way, but like, you know, find out things about people or yeah. people. Um, it's, it's very easy to, to do and it gets, you know, it is a very, very small universe at the end of the day. Like software is such a big thing and these companies are so big now, but it's really, it's a lot of people, everyone kind of knows everyone at the end of the day. Right. Right. Just further emphasize, you know, and I heard you talking about relationships and it's that unselfish relationship. You were promoting people. You were, you were looking to have your customers actually succeed. Imagine that. And you were looking to have your teammates succeed and now people on your team succeed. I mean, I'm a, for itself, yeah. you know? Yeah. I'm very much like a, a team player. There's a leader in our business and Keith Block, he talks about like, we don't have to go into it, but talks about like ship, shipmate self. This is like a big thing. I was never in the military, but they talk about a lot, a lot of people in the Navy of like putting your team before you. And mm. I think as you go up in your career, especially when you really get into like enterprise sales and working as a team, we talk about this a lot at Salesforce. It's, you will never be successful as like a lone wolf or, or trying to do things by yourself, right. especially in this enterprise world. And you, you may be able to do it a year or a year and a half, right. like one big deal, or you focus on this one thing. But like, if you don't learn to work with people and work as a team and it just makes for so much like of a better environment as well. Like right. love to see like people I'm big on like G chat and like chatter. We use at Salesforce, like people, okay, this is the best practice. I have this cool. Like it just makes so much for like a better working environment and people like working together rather than a bunch of individual contributors and people that aren't team players. It's like, it's just a life skill you need to learn as well. But I'm big. And I believe that in all things, like, yeah. When, like fitness, like I, I very much believe like in group fitness or keeping people accountable or, you know, like even it's just like a, a text chain with my friends, like, yo, I, I got four miles today or I did this or I did that. Like it's, you know, trying to do things by yourself is, is very, very hard. And it's, you know, it, a lot, there are special people that can do it, but it's not, you're going to be more successful as, as a team player, you know, in my opinion, always. Yeah, that's so true, man. And and you mentioned the ship examples. Um, you know, so I was Marine Corps, and and some of the people that were in charge or whatnot, we were always like, ah, who are those guys? But what you really did was you you did stuff for the person on your left and the person on your right, you know, and 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 you really looked after them. And the cool thing was, if you were looking after them, you had two people looking after you. It, you know, it just works that way. And you're right that the selfish ones, the ones that's just out for them, you you would perceive that as like a that was a weakness in the, in the chain, you know, a yeah. weak link really, because they're something fishy. They're not, they're looking all just out for themselves. So yeah, it's so true how that just, whether it's military or just work and whatnot. And it's, it's hard too. like, I mean, I get it. Like I'm a competitive person at sales. Yeah. Like, it's my, I get it. It's not, you know, work at the end of the day is great. I really appreciate everything like any business has ever done for me, but you know, I'm some sometimes and it's selfish, but I'm thinking about my W2 or I'm thinking about myself, but if you, if you put in kind of that helping hand, and I know this sounds so cheesy, like I know, but it's, it will pay dividends later down the line. Like anything that I've ever done in my career, and we've talked about this, like is, is always just come from like other things that I've done from other people, not right. like because I closed some deal or something. Right. Who are you, man? How, how did you acquire these things? You know, like, obviously you've, you've had lots of, you've experienced crazy companies. You've experienced great ones. You're obviously one now where you can be free to be open and transparent. And that's really badass. So, I mean, take me back. How, you know, 
Were you just an overnight salesperson? Uh, I, I was kind of, I was kind of different. Um, I went to Chico State, uh, Chico State Wildcats. It's actually a school that Salesforce heavily invests in. Oh, cool. None of this was there when I was there. There's like right. a sales major, uh, and it wasn't at the time. It was like more of kind of like the party school mantra that that has since changed. Uh, but very much what that school and kind of that university taught me was to be social, how to look people in the eye, how to shake. I mean, my parents also taught me this, but you know, like how to look people in the eye and have a conversation and, you know, you know, be kind of a, a bigger person than myself. Um, sure. I actually didn't start in software. I worked in the construction industry for a little while, uh, selling toilets in copper. So if yeah. you ever know anything about buying like, you know, thousands of toilets for. Are there, are there that many varieties or is it just kind of like there are? Yes. And copper, I, I can tell you how to buy copper in, in bulk. Uh, and I randomly, long story short, I, I randomly ran into a friend of mine in the city at kind of like a festival weekend. Uh, he just like looked like very successful. I remember he was like buying drinks for people to the bar. And I was like, you know, like, what do you do, man? Like, right. what, you know, we were young kids at the time. I think I was like 23, 24. He was like, I'm in software sales. I was like, there's money in that. And this is kind of the start of like, there'd been like the dot-com boost. Right, right. Well, not boost, but kind of debacle this was 2004 2005 there were like open office spaces everywhere in the valley yeah like you want a job i'll, I'll set you up like quit my job that monday moved back to the barrier where i'm from and got into kind of software sales um i worked very differently like i started at a big enterprise company i, I worked okay. at for five years uh started as like a like what someone would typically call like a bdr sdr uh, eventually got into like database or very like tech specific sales, got which it. is very opposite of what I do now, uh, like database and infusion middleware, uh, worked there for five years. You know, everyone was kind of doing the startup thing, did that. And that was very tough for me. You know, I'm trying to, I try to be as honest and transparent as like the startups that I work at. Everyone has these, these grand ideas of startups and what they are. And that, that did not go well for me. And what was it really like? You know, yeah, everyone I mean, thinks it's like the, the movies or TV. Yeah, everyone, everyone sees these shows and these yeah. quick and these Facebooks and like the, the Silicon Valley shows and all that stuff is great. But remember, it's like all TV and it's 1% of the companies that like IPO or have like a big multiplier. It's actually make it like that's like people don't take into account for the 99% of companies that don't make it. Uh, there's some really interesting articles like just like about unicorns and for a lot of people that's like very hard and that you know trying to to sell something that's never been sold or sell SaaS or it's right. like that you know where you don't have a lot of help and it took me being much older now in my career to understand really kind of what I was doing back then and like they weren't really set up for success um, and you know some of those companies it was at the infancy whatever but it was tough. Um, and then I kind of got a chance meeting to, to work at Marketo uh, that I was, I think, employee exactly like employee 200 there. So they were, they were starting to kind of take off. Yeah. You know, I, I was that different than the startup, right? Yeah. Yeah. It the was startup uh, would have like three episodes in the season. And then all <laughs> of a sudden you come in, it's like, you don't have a, you, you spent, you know, 18 hour days for the last, you know, four months and now everything's gone. So see you later. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was a crazy ride. It was through, through like, just a chance meeting with someone that knew me through like a personal connection. Uh, and that was a rocket ship. And uh, I was yeah. there for uh, almost four years, uh, went through the IPO. I saw that business really grow from like 200 to when I left, 
you know, probably like six, 700 employees uh, went to, to come to Salesforce where I'm at now um, through a chance meeting and a bunch of people know we can talk about them through like Blitzer and Derek Grant. Yeah. My cost out, a lot of that was just kind of like a chance meeting. Uh, took a little bit of a risk. It was kind of like a competitor situation. I won't get into it, but uh, ended up working out for me. Um, but it's really the kind of those relationships. And I know you know Adam well. Yeah. Uh, that through kind of just a chance meeting um, propelled or got me here. Right. Uh, and now I've been here for almost four years. Um, half that time was is an individual contributor and really kind of not in management, but help start more of what we call like the general business or enterprise division of Hardot, which sure. obviously on the marketing automation side. Uh, then I've been in management for about two years now, um, both kind of like in our marketing cloud and part outside of the business. How'd you make that, that change? Cause I know a lot of people say, you know, sometimes the best reps or most of the time the best reps don't make yeah. the best managers, you know, it's like a different job altogether. It's, it's hard. It's, uh, it's and it that's so true and i didn't understand that till i was on the other side sure and that took me a long time to realize and in this effort of being transparent and honest that my day was no you know you're a business owner you get it like my day was no longer my day sure i no longer had to think about just what are my goals or you know i had to start thinking as a team again is a leader and you know this from being in the military there's you know there's no bad teams there's just bad leaders and it's sure. really well um you know kind of getting to that mentality and that takes like a very long time and working with different personalities and different people and that was hard for me like yeah. this little stuff kind of took care of itself like i was i was good at that but it's all right. the other things and that's a lot of the time that's management like being able to you know you know, hey, that's great. You can get to your number, but can you grow 10 or 12 other people and, you know, hit these, all these other metrics that are important? Yeah. To the well, that, I mean, that is, that is really kind of the learning curve. And once you kind of peel back the onion and, and kind of first layer level of management and where I'm at now, you, you start to see so much more that you didn't realize that's part of the business. Um, and it would goes into making companies like Salesforce or other companies um, and you're like, oh, my life was a little easier when I, was, yeah, right? when I just had, you know, Here's your number hit it. You got yeah, it. I just had my own number and had to think about my own responsibilities and it opens your eyes to stuff that like, yeah. wow, I should have done this as a rep and, you know, a whole bunch of stuff you didn't see before, but that, that's all part of the, it's all part of the experience, but it took me a while. I mean, I, I think. I didn't just like, this is with anyone that I really know. It didn't just like, again, it just happened overnight. Sure. Uh, I started having conversations with other leaders, which I suggest to anyone out there doing, always try to grab 15 minutes or a coffee or whatever, or just a conversation about leadership or you're kind of wanting to take the next steps and what that looks like. And first, I think the most important thing is, is getting an understanding of what that life is really like. Yeah. Is that I know a lot of people be like, oh, that's what I, they just say they want to do that. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, this is not, you know, this is not what I was thinking. Because um, you don't get the praise as much, right? I mean, yeah. like the the rep slaying the woolly mammoth, dragging him back to the cave. It's like kudos, ring the bell. You got this thing. The managers, you know, you got marionettes and you're sort of like coaching people. It's like you're the director of the play. You get a little applause. You get to be on the script, but 
like the people taking the bow, you're not the one taking the bow, you know? And it's not like, let's not boo for us by any means, but it's, it's, yeah, it is. It's definitely like a a new world, but it's, I mean, it took me a while. Like people started to groom me and started to bring me in on other conversations and, you know, and kind of opened my eyes or this is what the next step looks like and to start to plan for that. But I mean, my advice to anyone looking to do that or kind of get into management or leadership is, is kind of open your eyes up to it and first and, you know, talk about it with other people and get other people's support and other business leaders or partner support. It, it helps tremendously. Yeah, that makes sense. It sounds like you were really supported too. So just like you were saying, like, have the group fitness, have the workout buddies. It sounds like you had different, you know, whether they're senior to you or peers or whatnot, you just be like, hey, you know, t- what, what's the deal here? And you, you got some really good advice along the way. Yeah, it's, I'm a big, big believer. And again, it took me till I was older to really understand it. But like, you have a, some people call it a tribe, you know, yeah. have that. Because um, it, it always ends up working out for you. Um, and if it wasn't meant to be, it was meant to be. And there's probably a reason behind it too. Right, right. Speaking of tribe, no, there's no segue there. But uh, so, so let's talk, let's talk, man, because because uh, I know that um, you know, while you're doing all this, you're also you're hitting the events. It was like the rock <laughs> event. You know, we got this we got mutual passion. We we almost for people listening, we almost just you know said you know screw the podcast. We're just gonna talk about all before the podcast. <laughs> but tell me, man. So you've been you know doing some long runs, and what's your? I know you like the endurance type stuff, uh, like I do. Yeah, yeah. Um, endurance is, is endurance events are more kind of like individual events is something I've got into kind of like in my mid to late 30s and 30s sure. now. Uh, I love team sports. I, I've always been a team like, you know, basketball, baseball, that stuff, but I'm getting a little older, like a, a twisted ankle or knee that, you know, I, I can't really have that anymore. Right. Um, so I've gotten into kind of like individual sports and I, there's still like, I, I'm a big snowboarder and I, I grew up on it or, you know, getting in the ocean and surfing or whatever I still love that stuff and I'm on my mountain bike and I love to go fast with my friends like downhill mountain biking but sure individual sports is really something I've gotten into kind of lately over the last couple of years and whether it's uh I run like half marathons I've run marathons uh there's like a 70.3 Ironman and I'm kind of eyeing yeah uh, I was part of an organization called go ruck for a while which is kind of like endurance events which is more like special teams or or military focused um, that I really, really liked that's over like, you know, 14 hours or 24 hours. And you start in the middle of the night in the ocean. Anyone that oh, cool. can check it out, www.gorock.com. Um, all that stuff I really got into. And what I liked about, or what I learned about myself and a lot of that stuff, like, I'm not like, I don't love running. Like I've never like, like <laughs> right. experience of like, I'm going to go run and get a sweat and, you know, I'm going to feel like a better person when I get back. But I'm, there's never out there and people that have run long distances before, like 10, 15, 20 miles, like there gets to a point when I'm out there, I'm just like, I am so over this. Like, I, <laughs> I can't listen. Yeah. I don't have a playlist this long. Or yeah, I, no. <laughs> but it's, it's the mental fort. And again, it sounds cheesy, but it's true. It's like the mental fortitude that, it, that that teaches you. Yeah. You go doing those events because those events aren't about like, it's showing up in that day and like, Oh, I'm just going to kill it in a day. It's like, you have to put in the time and you have yeah. to do training and have like really realizing like what a positive mental attitude is. And I didn't learn about like positive mental attitude. I wish I knew it a much younger thing. Like yeah. 
we didn't really talk about that, but you know, I, I wasted probably so much time as a young rep and any young reps that are listening, like complaining about things or a territory or worrying about what's happening to someone else or someone else's things. And like, like that you got to learn to forget all that because it's all wasted energy. Right. Like positive and that like endurance events and running or biking, whatever. Swim. I'm just kind of getting into swimming now. I'm short, so I'm not like the best swimmer. Uh, like learning to like all the work that goes into it like that that's what makes right. it so cool and showing up on race day and all the same people that are that are like-minded people that have put in that same effort and kind of celebrating that and the totally handshakes and high fives and hugs and again it sounds, it sounds so cheesy but it's like if you've ever done anything like that like a big event like a marathon or other things like i promise you that that stuff is it is so motivating and it's, it's like the best thing. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I just did a try on Sunday, I think. Sunday? I think so. Yeah. This past Sunday and, and you, you, the race day thing you're talking about. So true, man. It's like, it's a select group of people. No, no one's like, there's a few superstars in there with, yeah. the, Wadi, with the Wadi tri suits, but yeah. uh, Wadi Inc. But, um, but everyone's just cool. You know, whether you're super in shape or that's your first try, Everyone's just kind of got that feel. We're all good. We're yeah. setting, you know, you set, get my bike ready and my, my gear ready at the, at the transition area. People to my left and right, we're just, just high, you know, it, Hey, is you first? How you doing? You know, you, just, hey, you need a pump yeah. up bike. Like, what are you thinking this? And yeah. And it, it, you probably know this better than anyone. Like I didn't understand until later in life. And it's part of a growing experience of like associating yourself with like-minded people and like losing toxic people in your life. And like, you will never find those, those type of people out on, on a race course or an event, no. they just don't exist. And you there's, die. yeah. <laughs> and even, even just like when you're running or, or you're, you know, you're in the thick of things, just like sometimes, like I remember when I went my first try, I've only actually won, or excuse me, my first uh, full marathon, I've only actually run one full marathon, even just like the handshakes on the side or little kids or the people with sign, like that means so much to so many people yeah. you're on the race. Like, especially when you're in the pain cave, you know, mile 18 or mile 20 or mile 23, when you're like, you're starting to break down and you're becoming calorie deficient and those things like that means so much to you inside. And I know we've talked about this, like the 40% rule, like when your body's really ready to quit. And this, this comes from David Goggins and some other people like who I know you've read, like that is just the beginning. Like you, you're only 40% of the way there and the body is so much more. And it's, I know it sounds cheesy, but it's true in sales. Like the, the effort you make, that extra effort, it doesn't have to be a 60% effort. It, it, it as well as in marketing. That, that means, you know, it's a big thing. So true, man. You know what? You reminded me. I mean, this is cool because you're reminding me stuff that I've experienced that I'm not even calling attention to. When people cheer on these races, and the one I did was like a local Nashville one. So it's it big. They got a lot of food vendors. Hey. It's like but a lot of community too. A lot of people out yeah. there cheering on. It's not one of those like isolated things where no one's really there. And when there's people on the side of the street and they're ringing their bells, they have these like cowbells, you yeah. know, or they're just cheering you on or they see your name on your thing and they're like, Hey, go Casey, or you got this, you know, water's around the corner, yeah. you know, you're right. You know, you're in the thick of it. And that just that little bit, they're not, they're focusing on you instead of them. And that little bit just like gives you that little energy boost, you know? Yeah. It's like, it may be the littlest thing to them, but it's like the biggest thing to you. And it's the same right. thing. Like when you, when you show up and 
you work as a team and you work with people and there aren't the, the people that are negative or complaining or, you know, constantly, no one wants to be around that. Right. You keep kind of working with the, the positive people and the people that are always, you know, it's, it's, it sounds so cheesy and I know it sounds cheesy, but it, it's true. And it makes such a difference in your attitude and your workload and what you're going to do. And in all those events, it's the same thing. Like I can get that extra mile or, okay, God, I'm getting ready for the run course. I just spent two hours on the bike like that. You know, it, it makes a big difference. You're right. And we were mentioning Goggins earlier. Um, David Goggins, right? Is that yes, yes. Uh, big, big fascinating, big, fascinating big. story, man. I mean, he had a good podcast with Joe Rogan, but he, for people listening, he does great. He's a Navy SEAL, crazy things. And he's trained some people and they've talked about the training he's done with them where he'll say, okay, nice to meet you day one. Hey, do ten, do as many pull-ups as you can. Okay. You do eight or however many you can. Cause you're baller. Okay. Do them again. You do like a little bit less and do it again. You do like two or three and you're basically maxed out. Your arms are tired. And then he basically told the guy, all right, we're not leaving here till you get to a hundred. <laughs> it's like, what? I just maxed out. I've only got like maybe add them up 12. How am I going to get to, you know, that extra bit? But to your point, you think you're tired, but you, you probably have 40% more and you probably experienced that. I mean, what was that like on the marathon? Where, where does it get, I've only done a half for that. So what, where, where did it get really crazy for you? you know? <laughs> uh, I think for me, it's when, especially like if you do a full, when you see people start to finish for the half and then you really <laughs> like, wow, like I have a full, now, you know, you're probably two hours, depending on what your pace, yeah. you're probably two hours, you know, hour 45 into it. And wow, I have to run this all, you know, two X over, you know, I'm going to run this all the time. And you get excited, you see people and you start to get excited. And for me, I had never really kind of gone past, and that would, that was on me. I was training for my first one, like 18, 19, because you don't want to overtrain because when you right. start putting that many miles on the body yeah. and recover, um, I think I really got to like what people call like kind of the pain cave um was probably like mile like 17 18 ish and that yeah. mile from like 17 to really because towards 24 you can start to see the end or yeah usually know where you are but that i mean that was really you know probably one of the most mentally tough from like a sports aspect sure. i've ever done of kind of breaking through that that barrier and it's all at that point, it's all just mental. It's not, you know, the body's starting to give it out, but it's, yeah. and you overcome these things in your mind to get through like where you need to be. Um, and some of that, like start, people start to break down or they start to think less of themselves or I haven't trained, I haven't put in the time and you know, the, the body's going to realize that, but that, that's, it's a tough, it's a tough thing. It was my first one. Now I think I'd know like that I've experienced it and been better. Yeah. Like when I, I remember showing up for it and being like, I am the most unathletic person here and kind of sure. thinking like, I'm maybe somewhat of a little, I don't think I'm an athlete, but a little bit of an athlete. And sure. I remember being like, oh, like I am maybe the worst person here. Yeah. And, but it's like, okay. And now that I know, like having been through that, and it's the same thing with sales and marketing. Like the first time you do something, it's going to be different, but it's, yeah. you're going to figure it out and you're going to have to go through a little you know, there's, there's gotta be a little mental softness there. Yeah. And you know, that kind of, it's like that courage muscle, you know, going through something that challenge, you really push you to the limit, but then coming out of the end, man, you're super, you're Superman at the end of that. Yeah. You're, I mean, you're going to feel it that night or the next day, but you've, you've definitely been there. 
Uh, yeah, but yeah, Thor, Superman. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a great experience. I certainly encourage anyone. And again, it doesn't have to be some big, you know, just get out and do like a 5k, get out and do a 10k. You learn, you learn all about a lot by yourself. You'll probably meet some cool people. Um, and even better, like I'm always encouraging people to get involved in, in group fitness. Like I, I can't do things individually. Like it, it's, I'm not going to be motivated. It's or, hard. Yeah. Once yeah, I get home, really like, hard. you know, once I get home, like once I'm on the couch or playing with my daughter or my wife, or like, you know, hanging out with my wife or whatever, like yeah. I'm not going to get out there and go run three miles or four miles. Like, but if you have people to keep you accountable and having a schedule, like schedule is really important. All that stuff makes a, a big difference. Yeah. Schedule accountability, you know, whatever the extra bit you need, because it's way more comfortable on the couch. It's warmer. If it's cold out. It's, uh, yeah. There's nothing more I love coming home from work and getting in my sweatpants and you know, that's sweatpants and a sweatshirt and not calling it a day, but yeah, yeah. I'm shut down for a couple hours. Yeah. And you know, it's even cooler when you've like, you put a workout in some point during that day and then now you know you like earn the sweatpants, you know? Yeah, that's the that's the thing I gotta get to the I'm, I haven't gotten to the morning. I live a little I, I gotta go to the city every day, but the, the morning workouts is really kind of that. They say if you do a morning workout, you're more likely to do it. Yeah, that kind of five to six where the, the sun's not up yet. And that's I gotta I like sleep, man. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know. My daughter's little I have a four-year-old daughter, she's a little older now, but in the beginning those first couple of years. The sleep was definitely more desirable. Totally. Totally. Well, this has been cool. I don't know if you've seen the clock, man. Just time's just flown by. That was quick. No, it was, uh, this is this has been a great experience. And again, I know we've known each other for a while. So yeah. Super appreciate it. Hopefully this is helpful to people. You know, even if you take one thing away. Like I always kind of think about that when I when I right. talk or listen to people talk. If I just get one thing and kind of relating back to where we were before, that's that's a win. And, you know, and they're idiots if they didn't get one thing because I got like three or four pages on it. So. <laughs> Crazy. I don't, <laughs> Stop I don't listening. Think anyone ever in my life taking three pages of notes of what I've ever said, but certainly. Yeah, man. No, seriously. If, you, if you're listening to this and you didn't get one takeaway, then I don't need you listening to this. <laughs> there are better podcasts for you. But no, man, this has been great. What are some of the ways people can connect with you? Yeah, the LinkedIn's, the Twitter's, yeah, all that stuff. I think the easiest thing is uh, is, is definitely Twitter, LinkedIn. Uh, G, I think I might. I don't think I know my G Y or my Twitter is G White four one five. So all you know connected G W H I T E, just like the color four one five. Does that uh, mean the four one five? Is it the uh, San Francisco area code? Oh, okay. I was building it out. I was like, oh, I guess okay. as long as it's not four twenty, because then we have no. different. <laughs> <laughs> no, four one five is the area code for San Francisco. Uh, and then LinkedIn for sure. I don't check my LinkedIn email as much as I should, but at least once a week I, I go in there and I'm always trying to help out people or whether it's getting introduced to something at Salesforce or a question or yeah. Mentoring is a little tough, but I'm always happy to do you know, at least something. Awesome. Well, this has been great, man. Thanks again for coming out here, just sharing your passion for, you know, sales and your passion for, you know, the endurance athletics and all this. It's been a blast. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's, uh, it's cool. I know we talked about earlier. It's, it's cool to do something a little bit different. And this is definitely something different and something I wouldn't mind doing more of. Yeah, man. Mix it up, right? Yeah. Awesome, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you learn something, share this with someone. If you, if, you know, share it with your favorite sales rep. Share it with your least favorite sales rep. Just get, get this information out there so we can, and also share it with your marketing friends too because you know, the more we learn about sales, the better marketing we can do. 
So, uh, yeah, we'll catch you all later on the next one. This has been the Hardcore Marketing Show. See you guys.